Welcome to the Clearly Podcast. My name is Andy Clark. I'm Shailen Chidasama. And I'm Tom Goff. Tom, given in our pre-chat, you were getting pretty feisty about a few things. Um, and I like a good Tom rant. Um, today, can we talk about pie charts from Excel databases, please? Yeah. There you go. I'm just going to turn into like that. Up. Hulk. Shailen, say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. say something to upset Tom, please, just so we can really get him going. I like him with a bit of emotion. We should change his email address to Tom Rant. <laughs> Tom Rant. Clearlycloudy.co.uk. Uh, like it. Well, today go. we've got a, um, well, is it a good subject to rant about? We're going to talk about lake houses and if they yes. exist or not because I think that's all made up like um, elves and Eskimos and other things like that. Um, so we're going to do a quick one today. Um, and sorry, my microphone's probably going to sound awful because I'm sat in a client's office with a, um, with a wireless headset on. So apologies for that, everybody. But as I say, today's topic of conversation is lake houses. What is a lake house anyway? Um, two aspects of this. We're going to give you a technical description from Tom, who hopefully is going to be a bit ranty because at the back of his head, he's going to be thinking about pie charts from Excel databases. Um, and Shane's going to talk about pros and cons and why you would go towards that architecture. So, Tom, let's kick off with you. What is a bloody lake house anyway? So a lake house, in short, is a house on a lake that doesn't contain any pie charts. Ba-boom. Podcast um, over. Right. So uh, in a, more, more seriously, though, um, the idea around a, a lake house is broadly around data warehousing, uh, but backed by a data lake rather than a more traditional transactional database. So uh, typically, if you are building a, a data warehouse, your starting point would be to spin up a SQL box or an instance of Azure SQL or, uh, or Azure Synapse Analytics or some other database system that you will use to store your data in. Uh, with the Lakehouse idea, what you are then doing is uh, actually taking that, that data and storing it in a data lake typically in uh, the uh, delta format as it is referred to now to be clear when we talk about delta here we're not talking about changes we're simply talking about a, a storage format that can be used to store data in files on a data lake and is actually fairly efficient for querying so what one of the challenges that has often been there with uh, building uh, data warehousing applications backed by a data lake is if you're reliant on CSV files, things like that, that data will suddenly start to get very unwieldy and you can get some very non-performant queries against that. Whereas the uh, the Delta format, um, Parquet and things like that give us a much more performant means of uh, actually querying that data. Uh, typically, the way that data is structured in a lake house uh, uses what is frequently referred to as the medallion lake house architecture, where you have a bronze, silver, and gold layer in there. So the bronze layer is the raw ingestion layer. So that, that's just taking 
raw data from all your various sort of systems and pretty much dumping them in there without doing any transformational change to that data. Now, were you to be only doing that, we'd be back on one of our previous episodes about your data lake turning into a data swamp. Um, where the lake house architecture starts to come into its own, though, is that we then have beyond that bronze layer where we're ingesting data is we're also dealing with a silver and gold layer. So the silver layer is an area where we can deduplicate our data. We can perform some data cleansing. Um, we can enrich it to some extent. So we, we can add more data sets. We can allow uh, and make it easier to sort of connect between some of these data sets so that we then start to build up the, this sort of big set of data that but is still broadly raw it is still broadly at a transactional level but that's very good for then feeding things like data science applications so if you want to do uh, or any further downstream data engineering but if you want to train a data science model you need your raw data it's no good taking the aggregated versions of that it won't give you enough detail. It won't give the uh, data science and machine learning models enough features of that data to make decisions on. Um, the problem, obviously, with that layer is that there is too much granular detail to be able to do reasonable analytics. So if you want to do better analytics, if you want to provide dashboarding to uh, a C-level group um, or to uh, department managers and things like that, that level of detail is of pretty well no use at all. So you then build up on top of that a gold layer. And this is where we start to look at aggregating that data. We may be starting to build that data into uh, more Kimball style star schemas. And that can be used then to feed into things like uh, Azure Analysis Services or Power BI and feed into your dashboarding tools to provide that uh, analytical capability on top of that. So it gives you the sort of multiple layers of capability as you start to clean up and aggregate your data up. But also because it's sat on a, a data lake, you can take all sorts of kinds of data. You're not as restricted as you might be with SQL. So there's, that's the, the basic structure of, uh, of what that data lake or sorry, lake house actually looks like. God, that was a good monologue, wasn't it? I'd say what, note to self, try to antagonize Tom <laughs> Moore before podcasts. I thought that was excellent. It brought out the best in him. I'll, uh, I'll I'll try and get on just a minute at some point with that because uh, if I can do, if Let's, I can yeah, carry exactly. on for that um, long. Any clients <laughs> and any clients that want to um, you know send Tom something that that may wind him up a little bit, please <laughs> do later on the Monday afternoon when we generally record. That would be uh, very much appreciated. Tom, so, okay, so that Tom was sounded... rant at clearlycloudy.co.uk. <laughs> it's a new email address. Let's go for it. Or do it. T rant. Yeah. Trant. <laughs> yeah. Trant. She was going Tranty. Trant at clearlycloudy.co.uk. I bet Shola's created that, that email address, hasn't he? Ah, oh, yeah. should have created it. No, here's we one. Hear him banging on the keyboard. Here's one we created we earlier. <laughs> 
Okay, so I mean, that sounded very convincing to the case of do data lake houses exist? Yes or no? I don't believe you made all that up. Um, Shailen, why would somebody use it? Um, so, several reasons. Tom has alluded to quite a few. Um, and so, uh, using a lake house as opposed to maybe, let's say, a traditional data warehouse um is first of all there's no order by the way but tom you mentioned about storage types okay so we think about the different storage types whereas um, traditional data warehouses you may have more let's say structured data and you want to query that data within a lake house you can put multiple and different types of storage in there so um files so you mentioned csv so csv files coming in all the time and you know populate or the information coming into the lake house block you've always had things like blob storage yes but the difference with a lake house with multiple storage type, it, retrieving it is quite fast um it's it's designed to store a lot of information and retrieve information quite quickly from there but saying that one of the other benefits is cost um it's relatively, and I say it's cheap, but relatively um, cost-effective. And Tom would probably say, yeah, it is cheap, you know, to store it. Um, we've seen, using pricing calculators, uh, you can add terabytes um, for quite, quite, you know, and so not inexpensive per month or on a consumption. So it's relatively um, cheap to store that data. And as we know, more and more organizations wish to store and retrieve data, not just your standard, let's say, accounting data for seven years because your um, you know, ERP or accounting product will store that, but more information, more about you know, actual files, um, other types of files as well. Um, we're working in another area and they're talking about scans, you know, and, and they have a lot of um, scans, but all of that storage in a in a um, single area the other thing you mentioned tom is that you know the different you know bronze silver gold but the ability to have those multiple layers as well and those workloads for um so you get the best in terms of what is designed or what you're trying to achieve so if it's a, a bi workload and from you know through a gold layer um having those aggregations so for fast retrieval some of the downsides though it's it's not the same as just querying SQL and saying um, you know, because it is that the, the because of the storage type you have to build things in there to and then um, go through another as a transformation. So where we have seen before when you move information from X system into this kind of architecture, it may not have um, you know conform let's say column headers on all of the information. And there's another step to get to that data. So initially, there may be those steps. I'll, I'll make a point of order there, though, Shailen. By the time you've transformed it to your silver and gold layers, you you should have the right headers on it by then, because you should yeah, have sorted but, yeah. that issue out. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes. But potentially on that raw data, I, I, I would agree that that may be the case. Yes, yeah, so where we've seen before, it's bit, yeah, yeah. Especially the raw data. Yeah, we're, we're looking. We're looking at you. We're looking at you, Dynamics three six five here. By the way, correct. Where <laughs> where where you where they would have expected? Oh, it has you know column headers. Um, it doesn't. 
And so there's another uh, layer to to do that where where they may be used to, okay, we've got everything here, we've got the data, and we can very quickly start reporting. Um, but so, you know, benefits are cost, the types, the storage. Um, yes, it's a cloud architecture. You know, and, and we're talking, we have mentioned, in the last podcast, we mentioned Fabric. Now, Fabric, so we've got Azure Data Lake, but from a Fabric perspective, it lends itself quite nicely to this overall architecture where you have the different workloads where, you know, so, and, um, and to get to that, uh, you know, from a, get to the reporting part, it makes it, I'm not going to say easier, but it, it definitely streamlines it a bit more, you know, and it, and it keeps things where they should be rather than, and I, I, I know last time we talked about, your data, your lake house not becoming a swamp, but sometimes a data warehouse does well when you keep on adding more and more data, and then you don't know is this the right month we're looking at? Is this the right set of data? If you know, so you're just um, putting a lot of uh, data in there, and we've seen that recently as well with with certain. Yeah, well, I think I think in that one is when your uh, your star schema becomes a constellation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a great metaphor. <laughs> He's on sparkling form today, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. That's I mean, a great, great one, metaphors. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say, the smoke Sorry. But, no. <laughs> I also noticed a bit of naming and shaming as well, which I want to encourage more of on the podcast. He called out Dynamics 365. Mm. I mean, we've done a lot of work with Dynamics as well. I mean, you know, Andy, we go back, and and so and and you, Tom, as well. We we come from that world of Dynamics, but from a Dynamics perspective, the export or the to Data Lake functionality, um, yes, there were certain restrictions. There are certain restrictions. It doesn't export everything in a in an in a way that you'd expect it to export the data. Yeah, I mean, as it goes, they've actually deprecated that now. Yes, I already. Know. I mean, it's been GA for just over a year and it's now deprecated. So, yeah, more fun. Um, which, so, which variant of Dynamics 365 are we talking about here? Uh, finance, about FNO, FNO, CRM, FNO. FNO, okay. yeah. It's, it's uh, FNSCM now, right? Is uh, it? Yeah. Okay. So, but yes, yeah, FNO, traditionally FNO, but is the export to data like function, uh, functionality. Um, and that that might be something that requires some further conversation in the new year. To be honest, really, because um, that that big name it, and shame. No, well, it's it's, uh, it's more that there is some more interesting stuff potentially coming there with um, the synapse link functionality in that that replaces export to data lake, and hopefully will help to deal with some of the shortcomings of exp export to data lake that we've just named and shamed yeah but god i mean everybody's holding their breath for that one yeah um <laughs> maybe i think we should get that one in january just to, to just to keep people uh away from the suspense they'll be in between <laughs> now and then you could ruin somebody's christmas well uh tom and any anyone listening to that is probably going to regret dry january <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When 
God, gonna that's going to drive somebody back to the bottle, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just going to add, when it came, you know, with data warehousing, don't want to talk about this single central version of the truth. But I think uh, you know, from a lakehouse pers- um, perspective, you can get to that single central version of the truth because of yeah, the different workloads. So, um, and it's not, I, I think it's, well, if we're going to rant about something, Tom, yeah, so, you know, people, organizations are a single central version of the truth. Have you ever seen that in an organization, single central version? There are always different variants or something else that they try to establish a single central version of the truth. And I think a lake house will help get to, you know, further in advance and further that uh, single version of truth. Yeah, I think actually, to an extent, it's going to start to bring to reality that concept that Microsoft were talking about, what, 10 years ago now of the modern data warehouse, where very things don't have to move, well, things will still have to move to an extent, but that you've actually got a means of centralizing stuff, but also linking across different lakes to hook stuff up in uh, in one lake as well. Now with that coming in as well, that that sort of lake house architecture with one lake with fabric is going to start to actually bring together that actual idea of the modern data warehouse and start turning that into a genuinely meaningful, deliverable idea yeah it's all exciting stuff isn't it so if somebody okay so somebody's got a data warehouse now why would they move to data lake and what is the process to go and do it data lake house sorry would it be part of a wider move everything to a data lake strategy that somebody is pursuing that they would start moving an existing dw yeah through to data lake data lake house i, th- I think if, if you're there already with a data warehouse i think a move to data lake has got to be part of a much bigger transformational program it i don't see that you would do it in isolation if you've already got a mature data warehouse it's uh it's going to be a very big task to move it across um but it does have long-term advantages so you know it's something you'd want to probably do incrementally you would want to take some of your core stuff across as well but also thinking about how you structure that gold layer so that at least part of that gold layer is mirroring your current data warehouse structure even if you eventually move away from it that it, you can start to mirror that structure across, start to run things in parallel, start to gradually migrate the reporting across to point at the uh, new data lakehouse gold layer and just start to build up that bigger history into your into your data lake and build up that silver layer properly. Um, but then also start to unlock some more advantages. But whatever you do this has got to be driven by a genuine need to add some additional stuff and get some additional advantage out of it if you're only going to replicate what you've got now you i would be concerned about that being a big push to do it if you're only going to do the same and you're only going to use it the same way 
as your existing data warehouse. The only time I would do that is if you were going to get a significant cost saving because the move itself is going to be expensive. Okay. Yeah, or, or yeah, um, I agree. Or performance or but I do agree if you're introducing other workloads and you know other information to it then that's the consideration but yeah it would be part of a um a transformation program but if somebody's looking at setting up a dw now mm. are they setting up a data lake house really or should they be doing that it should be an option um it probably shouldn't be the only option you consider because if you're a relatively small organization, then potentially a more traditional data warehouse might still be more suitable for you, particularly if you've already got those SQL skills in-house. Um, if you are, if you know that this is going to grow into some really big le levels of data, then I think you definitely need to be considering the, uh, the Lakehouse architecture. Okay. Excellent. Let's try and get this one done done quickly. We're on now twenty minutes, twenty one minutes. Sorry. So, I mean, anything else to add on this particular subject? I, I think, think I've so. done a long enough monologue here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think your monologue was um, absolutely excellent. I do think that you probably do need to think about those um, those particular layers, the bronze, silver, and gold. Maybe more of an aquatic theme to go along with the lake metaphor would be a good idea. Uh, well, we've definitely got goldfish at the top layer. Okay, so we've got goldfish. <laughs> um, maybe some, you know, some uh, bronze. Maybe some, that's a brown silt. trout. <laughs> yeah. Always, okay. Good. Silverfish. That's, that's, that's basically yeah. fish. <laughs> you don't want silverfish, but silverfish. <laughs> It's, you know, people get confused. You're talking about lake houses, yeah. and you're talking about bronze, silver, gold. It it's, it's a not, it's not a good mix of metaphors, really. The, the trouble with silverfish is consistent. The trouble with silverfish is that they're neither silver nor fish. Correct, and it means uh, <laughs> you might have a bit line. of a you might have a bit of a swamp damp problem somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the, the the whole swamp thing. I think that was uh, a good concept we should keep in there. Bronze so, is pretty swampy, isn't it? Let's face it. I think what people should consider is that if you're looking at, let's say, just modern architecture, um, you consider it, think of it as an option. We are here to we are, we are here to help with those options and assess um, different data sources or different applications and where you're trying to get to. We just had a there's my little plug, but from a fabric perspective, I mentioned that you know fabric is now GA. Um, the pricing is available. So if you're considering, you know, fabric, that pricing is available, and and if you're considering other options, then you can use, you know, the Azure calculator if it's a Microsoft platform, or anything else. Okay, no, some great points there, Shailen. Thank you very much. Um, right, I'm going to call this one to a close. When is this going out, Tom? Uh, this is going out Roughly. on the 18th. 18th of December. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, nobody's going to listen. I mean, everybody's in the festive yeah. mood, probably hungover or excited about going to a Christmas party. Yeah. Be Christmas next week. God, exciting stuff. All right. Well, look, I'm going to call it to a close. 
gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Um, as ever, Cheers. great, very informative. Cheers, Andy. I'm going to go. Have a wonderful Christmas, everybody. I'm going to go uh, and have a little fish outside my lake house. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Gone fishing. All right, thanks. Okay. Goodbye from me.